welcome everyone to the very latest Built From The Blue podcast. We're here to talk about the game against Leicester City, that blue defensive wall that we had to contend with. And to discuss this with me, we've got, first of all, Bernard Deneen, who was there, I believe. Uh, weren't you, Bernard? I was, yes. Uh, good atmosphere. Uh, a couple of uh, sort of quieter moments. So, well, it's funny, actually, the second half, there's a quiet moment, because... They were trying to get an Erling Haaland song going. I, I didn't recognise it. And you, they were sort of doing it in this little group. And because everyone was trying to listen to what they were doing, it's like a 10-minute spell where we weren't really singing any songs because we were trying to listen to what they were saying, what these guys were banging on about. And it never really caught on. So in the end, we just gave up and started singing again. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> great, great atmosphere. What were the lyrics, Bernard? Erling Haaland, Erling Haaland isn't playing. We're not going to score. Something like that, yeah. I think you, I think you hit a nail on the head, mate. I think that, I think that was it, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's start off uh, with the lineup. I go over to you, Bernard. So we had Aderson, Cancelo, Stones, Laporte, Akanji, Gundogan, Rodri, De Bruyne, Grealish, Alvarez this time, and Bernardo Silva. Did you get all of those? Uh, I got nine. Um, I was a bit. I think. I think Peppered painted himself. He sort of put himself on the spot though by saying he was happy with Alvarez playing if uh, Haaland wasn't. So I don't think he had the alternative. But I must admit, I, w- I would have probably, based on what I've seen of Alvarez, have started with Foden. So I didn't see that coming. And as far as the defence was concerned, you could have permed any four from six, couldn't you? So I was quite happy with that defence. Of course, uh, Kanji. I'm always happy with the Kanji playing. But uh, I thought he might I thought he might have scrolled Zaki in there, which was a bit disappointing. So... Yeah, 9 out of 11, uh, good enough team, but as I said, a big question mark for me before the game, I'm not talking after the event, is the fact uh, Al- Alvarez hasn't quite, hasn't quite, apart from that couple of goals a few weeks back, um, has done it for me yet, his little bit part players thing, so that that was a bit of a, a surprise. What about you, Ray? Yeah, I agree with Bernard, I think if uh, if I was, uh, when I picked my team, without Haaland, I'd have got uh, 9 as well, because I wouldn't have picked Alvarez, I would have had Foden. Um, and uh, defensive-wise, out of Akanjanaki, uh, they're my favourite two at the moment. Um, biggest disappointment, <laughs> got to chuck it out there, biggest disappointment is Pep. Biggest disappointment mm-hmm. this week is, is Pep. You know, he, 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 I suspect no one's got the guts, the, the balls to ask him the, the questions, because these journalists want to be... Invited back to City, um, they want to be in a uh, party to secrets and uh, you know news before it, it. Everybody else gets that, gets it and stuff like that. So they don't ask the questions that should have been asked. The question I would have asked before Dortmund and after Dortmund is: Do you really need to play Erling Haaland in this game? Mm-hmm. If you're doing it on a basis of uh, what's best for Manchester City football-wise? Mm. You really need to have Erling Haaland on the plane to Germany. Um, that's what's frustrated and annoyed me. That small-time club. If you're going to be a big-time club, Haaland doesn't play against Dortmund. Haaland doesn't. Haaland doesn't get injured. That's why he didn't play yesterday because he's got injured. Not because of his illness. I think Pep said he's over that. It's just the injury. Um, and. Haaland, we paid a lot of It's not just that we paid a lot of money, but we have paid a lot of money, and the guy's there to score goals. And you can see the difference he's made to the team. Um, some people are saying, me included, that sometimes Haaland's got us through. Haaland's got, you know, he's papering over some of the cracks that we saw yesterday. Uh, he's papering over some lack of pace and lack of creativity um, just by his movement and his goals. Um, and that's massive of the, the the rest of the team. So, you know, we were through the Champions League group. We were already through. Dortmund would have had to beat us by at least two clear goals for us not to be uh, top of the group. So, more than likely, we were, we were through anyway. We were going to be top of the group. Why did you play Haaland? Because it's just because he'd played there before. Be ruthless. You know, so, yeah, I'm a bit miffed. It's got nothing to do with the fact that uh, I've got Haaland as my fantasy football captain. It's with me Manchester City head on. We should not be wasting him in games. The league is where it matters. That this was, a, and I said this at the start of the week. Leicester is was the biggest 
fish to fry this week. Dortmund, it didn't matter. We would, should have been good enough to hold out against Dortmund and also know that Dortmund would, would have been happy with the draw because that may, may, meant they qualified. We needed Haaland for, for Leicester because we knew what we were going to be up against against Leicester. You know, and we saw it. We a team that's bent, hell-bent on defending, defending, defending and trying to hit us um, on the break with a bit of pace. That's what we got. And we needed Haaland to help us. Uh, so I'm a bit annoyed with Pep. If you're listening, Pep, and I know you do. I know you listen to both from the blue, Pep. Um, not happy. <laughs> Over to Bernard now. Bernard, on the face of it, having a look at the, that lesser lineup, uh, the front four, T. Lemons, Harvey Barnes, Madison, Barney, there was a time when that would have um, caused a slight fluctuation of blood pressure, especially because they've got people like uh, Albrighton and Ian Atchell, Pats and Daka on the bench to come on for them, but they were not set up to attack at all. Were they, Bernard? He was a coward, wasn't he? Uh, let's be honest about it. Brendan Rodgers was a coward yesterday. Uh, and they deserved to lose that game because of the way he set up his team. I mean, the, the Leicester fans, I mean, it was on a Leicester channel before the game. The Leicester fans had written this game off as, you know, they were expected to get absolutely tainted by City. I was sort of saying I wasn't as convinced as they were we were going to do that. And Brendan Rodgers, so, you know, all right, perhaps behind the scenes has been told by his chairman or something's going on, but... To me, it was just it was just cowardly. The team he had some great even in that side he set up. I mean, what is what is he used to playing someone like Vardy and having him sat in his own own uh, half of the pitch? It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely no point whatsoever. He play, he had decent he had players on the pitch to make a to go at City have a go at us, and it proved that last twenty minutes. And when they did have a go at us, we looked shaky. So all you know, I don't care. I don't care less because he's. He deserved Leicester as a team deserved everything they got, and I'm I'm so glad they didn't sneak a, a draw in the end, which uh, was definitely possible the way it was going. And uh, yeah, Brendan Rodgers perhaps say perhaps there's something behind the scenes, and he didn't he just didn't want to get uh, shown up too much. But I think he'd been a little bit braver. He would have got more out of that game. Ray, what can we what can we discuss about that uh, first half? It's very very difficult because you know it was. It, it was basically a well a stout defensive performance from uh, Leicester, and we were not making much headway. Well, what was your view? Well, we had the, we had a lot of ball, we had a lot of passes, but they didn't get us anywhere really. I mean, Pep started with a it's a brand new formation, and I'm not sure it's going to cotton on uh, in the Premier League. But we basically were playing with a, a zero six four formation because that's what it, the average positions of our players on the. Um, on the day, we had one guy whose average, one defender whose average position was the halfway line. Every single other player, their average position in that game was ahead of them. We had basically six guys supplying four guys, and that was it. And Edison on his own in our half. That's it. That's how much the dominant, how much domination we had of the territory. But we did nothing with it because it was all squeezed together. And unless I had it, eleven men behind the ball. There's no two ways about it. 11 men behind the ball. For about 20, 25 minutes, they had no purpose. They were not even trying to, you know, well, they may have been trying to get out, but we weren't letting them. And we were getting the ball back and we were just coming back at them without being too creative, without, you know, being too incisive. Um, But then it's inevitable. It's inevitable this happens. They grew into the game a little bit. They had a few forests down their left, which was most likely to be our weak weak spot with John Stones at right back. I'm not saying John Stones was rubbish or anything, but that's where um, where we're most likely to be vulnerable in the absence of a proper right back within the absence of Kyle Walker. You know, Harley Barnes had a couple of good runs down there. Um, so they got slowly into the game, you know, were a little bit more creative. Yes, you're worried about their front you mentioned it there from four. Vardy's 34 now. He can't keep doing it. And, you know, he was pulled off in the second half. Um, so it's still a dangerous thing. Harvey Barnes is not so long ago been injured. Um, and Telemans, I don't think, is as good uh, consistently as he's made out to be. But it's still dangerous, still uh, capable. Madison, obviously, um, he's got a, a good free kick on uh, good dead ball situations and, and good passing and, and can score the odd goal or two. But 
they were just focused on defending. And I think that's, if, if we're honest, if you're Brendan Rodgers, I mean, he might be a coward. He, he would be, he, he'd have loved it. He'd have loved it to get a point. And if it weren't for, obviously, we're going to talk later on about Kevin De Bruyne's wonder free kick, they might have got a point. And that's all um, Leicester wanted from that game. They're not, you know, three points that have been over the moon, but they wanted a point, that's it. And that's how he set his stall out. He set his stall out to get a point. And if we're lucky, we nick it. And that's his uh, idea. And pragmatic, I don't, I don't blame him, you know. Uh, I don't blame him for what he's, do, he's doing because he's in a... A, a bit of a dodgy situation at Leicester, you know, they, they've had a, a tough time uh, this start of the season, so I don't blame him for what he's done, but yeah, it, it didn't it didn't uh, help set up an, uh, a very in, interesting and exciting game. <laughs> Turn to Bernard for his view on the first half. I mean, Ray was right there. Ederson didn't get his first touch of the ball until uh, 20 minutes was, was gone. Were you... Uh, Bernard, were you sort of thinking deep in the recesses of your psyche that maybe at some point uh, Jamie Vardy would uh, would get through, you know, on the counter attack and maybe <laughs> make us uh, make us pay for not uh, not uh, making headway up front? It didn't even look like it, mate. Did it that first half? I think it was the 24th minute when Edison did that little save from. Um but Harvey Barnes, wasn't it? Uh, and I think, I mean, looking at my little thing, uh, after that, I, there was very little in the game at all. And Leicester, even as, as Ray said, grew into it. They might have grown into it, but they didn't didn't sort of. Uh, I was panicking at the back, particularly. They didn't they didn't sort of uh, uh, all guns blazing. That's for sure. So, yeah, I wasn't worried about Vardy or, or anyone at all because I, I just thought. It was just up to City to actually go and do something. Unfortunately, uh, in that first half, we just couldn't get past the massed ranks of uh, dark blue shirts in, in front of uh, Danny Ward in goal, who, who made a couple of OK saves as well. He did, he did quite well, didn't he? I think he did a good save from Bernardo early doors. Uh, that was that was a good move. Um, yeah, that was it. I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried by Vardy at all at that stage. Uh, get to half time, and I'm hoping Pep will tweak it a little bit. Uh, Ray, anything, any incidents that we can talk about in that first 45 minutes that were of note, or are we just going to go straight into the second half? Well, I'll, I'll wrap my brains. Um, <laughs> um, um, I'm, I'm still racking them. Um, ah, can't think of anything, mate. It, it's pretty hard, isn't it, Bernard? Um, I think there was an, a, an appeal for a penalty maybe about half an hour in. A, a foul on Jack Grealish. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd say be at, at the place. Uh, say all all the action was uh, up our end because obviously, uh, sorry, up their end because of the uh, where we were in the end. But uh, yeah, the Jack Grealish thing. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know where he went to VAR or was looked at. Have you guys checked on that? I'm not too sure. Sorry, guys, we're struggling to think of anything meaningful. Let's get on to the second half. There's something I will point out, guys. We were near, I watched Match of the Day last night, and we were, was it sixth on out of eight games or something? We were right at the end. That's how interesting mm. our game was yesterday. All right, well, into the second half we uh, we go. Um any particular changes uh, that you noticed, Bernard, either in personnel or in uh, in in strategy um, from Pep? I th- well, I think we certainly upped the pace just a little bit because we were so slow. You know, we were so slow and lethargic in that. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, that first half, and uh, within a minute of the start of the second half, we we, we very nearly scored very quickly. Uh, a KDB played a. Just, just a, a foot too heavy, wasn't it, for Bernardo? Bernardo would have been sort of onto it like a, like a flash, but he had to sort of uh, come back round with it and obviously play it back for Rodri. And instead of a Rodri's rocket, we got a Rodri's fizzer, didn't we? That just fizzed past the uh, the far post. Uh, so that that was that showed at least it showed we were we were sort of up for it for that start of the second half and say we didn't have to wait too much longer, did we? Yeah, and. Uh... We only had to wait uh, three minutes. I'm just, just going <clears> to <throat> have a little uh, uh, chat to Ray about one thing. I mean, people are uh, more and more these days beginning to um, assess uh, just exactly what it is that Jack Relish brings to our team. It's not an easy conversation to have, but one thing that he does do, and that, that he did for his previous team, of course, as well, is that he draws fouls. And he drew one from Nampalis Mendy just outside the Leicester penalty area. 
free kick in a, a, in a, a very uh, dangerous position. What happened next then, Ray? Well, <laughs> it's like a quiz question, what happened next? I'm going to say what happened before, because I think that is important to show what Jack Grealish brings to our team. Jack Grealish brings to our team a lack of pace. There, I said it. It brings a lack of pace. Um, the thing is, he picked that ball up, he, and someone like Aguero, uh, Leroy Sane, or Sterling, uh, Haaland, they picked it up in the, their uh, opposition half. They would have gone for goal. He was surrounded by four, I think, four Leicester players, but he was on the wrong side of them. But he knew he didn't have the pace, so he had to turn back and look for support. And that's how, that's how he got, uh, ended up getting the free kick, because he, he didn't have the pace to do it himself. And that's a big concern of, of mine, that we got, you know, Gritty has to slow the game down. Yes, he wins free kicks, but, you know, we talk about, I, I, will, I will assess him now, uh, the stats aren't great for him, in my opinion, in terms of his assists and goals. You know, he made fun of um, uh, Miguel Almiron, uh, and Almiron's got six goals this month, I think. Um, and you know, uh, so and Jack, which is more than I think Jack Grealish has got in his whole career at City so far. Tell us that so story. Got, I don't really remember that too too well. What what exactly did he say about Almiron? Al- and why did it? Why did he say it? He was on the bus with Mares. Uh, I think we'd won the title last season. Bernard remembers better than me. He's got a better memory than me. But he basically. Uh, compared Mares, he's, he's, he's having a laugh at, at Mares's expense, and compared him to Almiron. You know, basically saying Mares is rubbish and he's, he's at the level of Almiron. Something like that. Is that right, Bernard? Uh, I'm lost, mate. I, I actually don't, don't remember it. I'm like I'm like Mike. I can't really remember what was yeah. said. I'm just a bit 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 puzzled by it all, to be honest with you. I think it's a bit, it was a bit disparaging to Almiron. Uh, and oh, I, right, okay. that, that was, if I remember correctly, that's what it was about. And Almiron, since then. Is banging the goals in, and and Jack Grealish is, is doing bugger all. So Pep says you can't just rely on the stats. I tell you what, we rely on two things. We rely on stats. Stats are, are a reasonable indicator, and you're right. And also you rely on your own BDIs. And my own BDIs are telling me Jack Grealish is slowing the game down. Okay, one thing that makes City more dangerous is more pace. You know when. We end up sometimes, the worst case scenario would have Jack Grealish on the left and Mara's on the right, uh, and no one's doing anything in, t- in terms of pace. So, Do he's you, can, the game. can I just, can yeah. just interject for you, for, for Ray and Mike? I mean, I find Jack Grealish is quite impressive when he's coming from deep and up the middle of the pitch. I mean, uh, is he playing in the right position? Is Pe- I mean, obviously, Pep wants to play him on the wing, but certainly yesterday against that, the ranks of the Leicester defenders, he didn't have any sort of uh, uh, time to get in, into any sort of uh, any sort of run. But I think he's quite impressive when he's coming from deep. I mean, is is he playing incorrectly? Is that the problem? Well, maybe I think you may be right. You know, his best runs have been when he's slalom past defenders or midfielders. That you know, and he'll yeah. get past two or three or four. That's actually when he looks the most dangerous out on the wing. That's what I said. He slows the game down yeah. out on the wing, and he's he's looking to come inside to have a shot, and occasionally he'll go outside, and it's too one dimensional. And he is looking for free kicks, and you know he'll get get some easy ones. I, there was someone yesterday, and I, it's. It's unlike me to remember who it was. I think it was Mame Road Ramble said something about, I think it was them. If it was not them, I apologise. But someone said, Jack Grealish, um, it might be the lad himself or somebody, but he said, Jack Grealish draws four players to him. How, how can he do, how can he take them on when he's got four players on him? I think that was a Mame Road Ramble. <laughs> but he said, how can he do anything if he's got four players on him? And to which I said, then he should be releasing that ball quicker because we'll have three players in the box who aren't being marked. If, if Grealish has got four players on him, we must have loads of unmarked players around the pitch that he can pass to. So I'm not buying that. I mean, I'm, um, I said you've got to give people uh, the second season to show what they can do under Pep. He's, he, the lack of pace is a huge thing. The slowing down of the game, for me, is a huge thing. And when you're trying to beat a team who've got 11 men behind the ball, you're going to need creativity, incisiveness, and you're going to need a splash of pace. You're going to need a splash of pace to get behind them. That's what we've done for many years under Pep, is get behind teams and uh, cut it back from the byline or hit it across the six-yard box. But 
he's not, you know, uh, for me, up to now, he's not delivering. And anybody, you can defend him as much as you like. Um, it's difficult for City fans, to be honest. But there are, it's a club. But you've got too many fans who are, who can't believe what their eyes are telling them. You know, all those fans who said Laporte was better than Van Dijk. I laugh at them. The fans who said Diaz is better than Van Dijk, I laugh at them because they've not been consistently brilliant. And for all we don't, you know, for everything that we don't like, Liverpool uh, team and fans and everything else, you've got to admit Van Dijk is better. Anybody says otherwise, it's, I don't think it's a matter of opinion. Not, I think not, it's, not it's, recently, it's, though, Ray. Not recently. Oh, not recently. But Van Dijk's got for a, a good four or five years behind him of being a top quality defender. Okay, our guys haven't. Diaz came in within three months. People saying he's better than Van Dijk, and he's he's made plenty of mistakes. And you look what he's done for Portugal. But that's obviously we, we're shifting off of of course there. Um, we'll go back to to KDB's um, free kick stunner. It was the, I was watching a replay of the last free kick he scored t- uh, two years ago in 2020, and he hits it pretty much very similar. But not as good as this. This was right banging in the corner. There's no way keeper was getting uh, getting to that. It was, you know, he couldn't have placed it any better. You know, if he walked up and put put it there with his hands, it was absolutely perfect, stunning goal. Um, there's not going to be, I don't think, many better free kicks struck this season than that KDB Rockets. Yeah, Bernard, what did you think? I, I'm looking at a picture of it now, and it foot like. Four very, very tall Leicester defenders and absolutely uh, they've got the jump on and there's no way they're getting anywhere near that. Well, it's so easy, isn't it? I mean, the, if you think of the distances away from goal, he's got to get some pace on that. It's all right getting up and over the wall because that's a quite a comfortable distance. But to get it up and over the wall, uh, the pace he did, which is, as Ray said there, da- Danny Ward, had absolutely, he was where he should be and he had absolutely no chance of getting anywhere near it. I, I, I doubt, there's, even me and my pump guys, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have even moved. I wouldn't have even moved towards the ball. I wouldn't have had no chance with that. I mean, that, it was just superb because it, it was, and I think someone said on Twitter, I think Madison had the best view of it uh, as the old um, draft excluded. He, he had the best view of it looking backwards towards the goal. So he, he had a great view of it, but uh, it was stunning. It was absolutely stunning to say to get it over the wall is fair enough, but to get it over the wall, with that sort of pace from that distance that the goalie can't get anywhere near it. It was it was a bit of magic we needed because as I think Ray was saying there, I, I honestly thought at that stage this could be end up being a nil nil this. This is this is ridiculous and it was what we needed at the time, that little bit of magic. Pop quiz question for Ray. Ray, Kevin De Bruyne has scored sixty Premier League goals. What percentage of those do you reckon have been scored from outside the box? Uh, okay, it'd be at least forty percent. Any, uh, any, any, any improvement on that, Bernard? Forty-one. <laughs> <laughs> you're, there, you're both very close. It's forty-two percent. Ah, there you go. And uh, oh, only two, only two players have bettered that in in Premier League history. Could you tell me who they are and what the percentages might be? No chance. Uh, Malatit here. No, in the Premier League era. Oh, Premier League era. Mm. Um, mm. It's a good one. United player? Yes, that's one of them. Beckham? Paul's goal. Yes. But, uh, David Beckham, he is uh, out in front, 55%. Yeah. And another yeah. one is uh, a, player, a player who has uh, just um, come back from a, a health scare to play for Manchester United. Ericsson. Ericsson. Ericsson on 44%. Right, that's uh, that's the end of the pop quiz section, guys. <laughs> but, uh, Bernard, um, they did that thing again, didn't they? I don't know when this started, but you've got, like, four players in the wall and you've got one guy um, lying down behind them. Um well, that, well, that started. That started because of KDB when he when he when he scored under the wall that time. That that's why he got the draft draft excluder. Yeah, can you remind me about what happened to start that off? What what? Game? Yeah, I can't remember the game. I can't remember the game, mate. Ray might remember the game. I can't specifically. 
Was it the Etihad, wasn't it? I think it was an old match. I'm sure, I'm sure it was. A, or was it away match? Really? Well, I mean, you helped me out on this one. I do remember it, but I can't remember who it was against. I, re- I remember uh, uh, the, the the goal, um, but and then oh, yeah. everybody yeah. had the the, 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 the draft exclusion. Um, was it against Cardiff? Under the wall free kick against it, Cardiff. It was at the Etihad, was it? At the Etihad, I think it was, wasn't it? Fairly sure it was. Yeah, it was, but that that started the whole thing off, didn't it? Because I don't yeah, remember that yeah. happening before that. Because when they saw that De Bruyne yeah. did that, then they started doing back, it. I'm just back. It, it, I think he's tried it a few times, but he did it against Bournemouth. Uh, I think uh, instead of going over the wall, he went under the wall. That was back in 2016. So that's six years. He let them jump up and then he just tapped it. And the, the goalie had obviously no chance. He, the goalkeeper never saw it until it was rolling in. Yeah, we, all, we always we always we always remember that one where uh, Paul Bernardo got pulled by the neck, uh, dragged along. <laughs> that, that was quite a funny one. <laughs> I think that was Ruben Diaz. Just uh, <laughs> grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and pulled him along. <laughs> it was an absolutely wonderful goal. Now, three minutes later, something interesting happened. Now, this guy has come in for a lot of stick on the boat from the Blue uh, podcast. Nope. Uh, this is Ederson. And uh, come on, guys, <laughs> this was a beautifully uh, struck uh, volley by Yuri Tielemans, and that was a great save. I don't oh, it was a great save. What do you um, say, Ray? That was a great save. Oh, no, no, it was a fantastic save. I want to call out the people who, uh, I, I don't remember, or if I remember, I don't want to say who it was. Um, that said, uh, maybe it's time for uh, Ortega to start, or, Moreno, or whatever his name is. Is it Moreno? The go- goalkeeper. Stefan Ortega. Stefan Ortega. Ortega. They said it was time for him to start uh, with Edison on um, being relegated to the bench. I thought, what planet are you on? You know, it's <laughs> been, but seriously, it hasn't been that bad that he no. needs to be dropped. It hasn't been that bad. You know, it was a, a soft goal to concede uh, against Brighton. It was, it was pretty poor, actually. Um, the only conceded the week before. But that, I don't think that in itself is enough to drop. Uh, Edison to the to the bench. I think the game against uh, Dortmund was a game to rest him to give the the, you know, the backup keeper a, a chance. Um, some people said that was Pep's Pep showing Edison that he can be dropped. I'm not so sure, but there's no way, absolutely no way in the world uh, that Edison should have been dropped for this game. And I, sometimes I just think people are just putting it out there to to stir up some debate. You know, because most people are going to come up uh, like I'm just doing here and say, are you, what planet are you on, buddy? So it's just to, you know, uh, stir up a bit of debate, get a bit, a few clicks and hits and likes and, and whatever. Um, but it was, going, going back, it was a corner. It was hit out to the edge of the box. And Tielemans, he got it perfectly, spot on. And it's a really tough uh, skill to master, to keep, to have mm. the ball going across you. Uh, from that sort of distance, keep your eye on it. Keep you your basically your body over the ball. Keep it from you know from being sky high. Um, and to hit it, he just timed it. He didn't hit it with a lot. I don't think he had to put a lot of power in. It was a timing. It was a sweet, sweet volley. Um, kind of volley that does deserve a goal. Uh, but but your man, the cat Edison, he got his fingers to it, and you know. Uh, and, and tipped it onto the bar and the bar was shuddering for ages it was a thunderous strike uh, a very good save from medicine uh, and we were lucky uh, I was actually watching that second half in, I was in uh, near Liverpool I was at a, a charity event that I was uh, uh, performing at and I was chatting to this Liverpool fan watching the game and I kept telling him Leicester will get more chances um, but it, it was a it was a fantastic save um, I, I only wish I know we're going to talk talk about it later. I only wish I, I could have seen him that evening. This Liverpool fan <laughs> to, to, <laughs> had a good half an hour chat with him, watching the game, and uh, it would have been loved. Obviously, Liverpool lost yesterday, but um, what, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic save from Edison, and uh, I dare say it was equivalent or something similar to what we'd have seen in, by Bernard Denin in his prime. Well, listen, oh, guys, yeah. that's where I'm just going to come in here because, <laughs> because there's a reason why we, uh, you know, we pay millions uh, to uh, to Bernard to be on our podcast. Uh, one, of them is, one of them is, uh, of course, as you know, he's got 10 years experience on us. 
The other thing is, he brings that expertise as a goalkeeper. Now listen, mm. that right, that that was timed perfectly by Tielemans. I guess if 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 you were talking about it in cricket cricketing um, terms, he absolutely middled it. Bernard, big question: Would you have saved that one? Well, um, the interesting. I, I will just say that the problem is with that is he hit it too well. We know we know people like Rooney can. Um, uh, score great goals by shinning things and stuff like that. And the thing is, if that had been another couple of feet either side, it's in the goal. It's as simple as that. All right, my defenders on the left. It's a fantastic save by Edison, but it's a save a quality keeper would expect to make, a reflex save, because it was within his grasp, if you like. It was in his zone of where his arms are, and that was a fantastic save. But I say, if Tielemans had uh, just hit it, uh, not not quite as sweetly, or, you know, it just been a, uh, another couple of feet either way, that that was a goal. That that would have been a goal, but fantastic save. But uh, as far as me saving it, mate, I don't know. I, don't, I, I have no idea. But, uh, who, who knows? Who knows? It's uh, super. Let's just say Edison was wonderful, and. I must admit, I agree with Ray. People, people go on Twitter have been. I've seen loads of it, and I, I've, I've occasionally had my input on about uh, Edison. And there's one the other day where I said, "Listen, guys, there's no way Ortega's going to get play against Leicester. All he'll play against is Sevilla and Chelsea. Uh, Edison's our number one, and that's all there is to it. So get used to it." So. You know, fantastic save, and I'm glad he did it because for me, that that for for me, rather than KDB getting man of the match, he became my man of the match because he had his own little bit of magic. Um, guys, maybe you can help me out with this. Um, who is actually in the lead for clean sheets at the moment? You know, it's normally like a a toss up between Allison and Ederson, but I, I actually didn't check this out. I'm just wondering if any of you guys have an idea of uh, who is leading at the moment with the the whole clean sheet thing. Anybody know? I bet it, it could it be... Got to, got to be Edison, surely. Well, we've only let 11 goals in. The only other guy is the Newcastle guy, Pope, isn't it? Is it Pope? I think Pope's got six clean sheets and Edison's got six clean sheets. Yeah, has said that. yeah I mean, we've only let 11 goals in. Newcastle only let 10 in, so I say it had to be one of those two guys. Yeah, but they're both letting six each. Then you got Ramsdale yeah. from Arsenal and uh, uh, the man with the girl's name, uh, Liverpool Allison. Right, okay. Well, anyway, guys, um, City go 1 0 up. That demands a response from the team that goes 1 0 behind. I'm laughing at this comment that I can see on The Guardian where it says that, like, Leicester were basically after that chasing shadows while City were passing them into submission. Uh, Ray, is that how you saw it? Was there any response from Leicester in your view? No, the rest, they did give a response. Uh, you know, um, I'm just trying to remember the, the, the rest of that half. It was a, it was a mixed half because I, I remember chatting to the fella uh, sat with me and said, it's too open. You know, City should be controlling this game more. You know, yeah. Leicester yeah. had to open a little bit. But we were, we were giving them opportunities on the break. And I said, I don't understand it. Mm. At times where... You know, we should really. I'm not. I'm not saying we should be totally defending, but we should be. We should have, um, you know, uh, an extra man, let's say, at the back. We should have more control of that game. And it was. It was too open. It was too. Uh, a couple of times, it was end to end, and I thought, why is it end to end? Why on earth should it be end to end um, when we're winning the game and we don't need to do anything? We just. We should have been controlling it and and uh, enticing Leicester to. Uh, press us a bit more, uh, find the spaces and get that second goal. And I, I, I really did think mm. we need a second goal because Aston Villa, doesn't that anybody remember Aston Villa? Where we wouldn't put the game, we refused to put the game to bed. We, we simply refused to do it. And um, that came back to, 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 to obviously bite us in the backside. You know, I was, I was personally, I was frustrated that we were giving them too much of an opportunity. For, for Barnes to have a go at us and, and then they got Dakar on and they got Iheanacho Iheanacho had a, a chance that didn't go too far wide had to say to the fellow next to me I said um, Itchy won't score against City not in a not <laughs> not in a game that'll end up being an equaliser 
if you remember that uh, game against Leicester in the, what season was it? 2018-19 season when uh, Vinny hit that Vinny, pile Vinny down. Company, yeah. yeah, from about 600 yards uh, uh, to score and, and in it she had that chance to to equalise at the death and he decided... Well, well in, in fairness, the, in, in fairness, the chance that it, in the actual had on the 77 minutes, I've got it down here, it was very yeah. similar because he, he actually, it was a pretty poor finish. I mean, he should at least have got it on target and he hit it about three yards wide. So it was very similar to what he did against uh, against us back back in the day. I think one of me was... You know, one of the things that... Um, that I'm blessed with is a, a reasonable memory. I can remember Ray championing uh, Pat Sandaka to be our new centre forward. Do you remember that, Ray? <laughs> I tell you what, I thought this was going to be a blue episode when you say, you know, what I'm really... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing about the thought of what you, what you could have said there. Anyway. Yeah, look, Pat Sandaka, oh, absolutely. Hey, I'm a blue. The mind's blue as well. Um, but um, Patna Pasendaka, I liked him. I liked him at, uh, uh, when he was playing over in uh, Austria, when he was playing with Haaland. Um, you know, he, had some, he was putting up some good numbers. And he carried on putting good numbers after Haaland left. Now, the difference is Haaland is a, is a generational talent and he's carried on putting on those big numbers. Pasendaka, hey, if Pasendaka was playing up front for us, I think he'd put he'd be putting up some good numbers too. Not as good as Haaland, <coughs> but I think Sandaka would be in double figures this season if he was, if he was playing up front for us. Absolutely, because he first of all, if he was taking the penalties, he'd, he'd have three or four on the board uh, from the penalties alone. Uh, I think we've had five, at least five penalties this season, so he'd, he'd have had them. And he'd have scored some of the goals. He's got that uh, that pace, a, tr- a bit of trickery, and he works hard. Um, I just think the way I mean. Leicester aren't creating that much anymore, really, which is why they've, they've been getting pastings at the start of the season. Uh, and anybody, you know, Chuck's in there, Vardy's not looking hot, you know, even though he's, you can argue he's 34. So Dakar's all right, you know. Um, I just think he needs, he need, you do need service. If we weren't giving the ball to Haaland, if we weren't providing him with good service, what's he going to score? If Nunes was playing up for, front for City, he'd be in, in double figures. You know, with the balls that um, uh, KDB's laying on for him. So, you know, you, you've got to have the quality of service to be able to deliver. Um, after this and game, after we, this we got uh, the quotation from uh, Kevin De Bruyne. He said, I think we made it a bit uh, difficult for ourselves. We were a little bit tired with all the games that came up. I think they were very negative, very defensive for 70 minutes. And then we knew with the changes it was going to be a very different game. We we have to try to keep it in their half. We didn't do that. I still think we could have scored a second one, but they had a couple of moments more from our doing, I would say. In the end, it was a good victory. And Bernard, actually, this was quite interesting because um, Pep had a few um, comments about KDB. Obviously, he was extolling him for his performance in this game, but he was saying that he hasn't been on it in the last uh, few games. I think that was a little bit unfair. No, no, I, I agree. I don't think he has. This, I mean, he wasn't particularly on it yesterday either. But that, you know, his magical free kick makes up for any everything. Because I don't think, you know, apart from Edison and KDB, uh, a lot of the players were much the same this yesterday. You know, there was poor performances and average performances. I just want to get back to the game, guys, because uh, Ray commented about not controlling the game, and obviously the the away support was excellent yesterday. But we could see that we could see that in the last ten or fifteen minutes, we were giving up possession far too easily. I mean, you got the state where Edison was just just basically boosting it into their half. They were picking it back up and coming back at us. I mean, it's just it was just very uncity like and and very worrying. And if you think about the footballing gods with City, let's talk about the 92nd minute uh, where a, a cross was whipped in by Tielemans. And in the past, typical City, Stones, I think it was Stones, tried to head it clear. And it hit, hit Diaz in the nose or somewhere. And li- it literally looks as though it was going in the net. I mean, you go back a few years and the footballing gods would have let that be a goal and we would have been sucker punched well and truly. But uh, fortunately, we create our own luck this this. Uh, in this day and age so we got away with it but yeah uh, totally uh, KDB 
yeah, apart from that magical goal, I thought, um, you know, we were putting the ball. What's happened to corners? I mean, what's happened to all what these little little moves we used to have from corners where we were scoring goals? We're just we're just wasting them again. I mean, what, what's going on? You know, we had ten corners yesterday. We never looked like scoring. We one of them, and the ball was constantly floated into the box. There was no Harlan there. Alvarez is five foot six or something like that. He's not going to get his head on them. So yeah, I was a bit disappointed with the, with the way we controlled or, or lack of control that last twenty minutes. And I said, thankfully, the footballing gods for once were on our side again because we we've obviously uh, pleased them over the years. So, but that was quite funny. But yeah, back to KDB. Yeah, fantastic goal. But again, I, I don't think the team played that well yesterday. Yeah, it's just funny. Um, uh, just as you were uh, talking there, Bernard. It's, 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 it's a thing about John Stones, is it? My memory tells me that... You remember that thing where there was, like, the ball was against Liverpool, the ball was just, like, 11 centimetres over the line or something? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's same thing with him. He, 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 he uh, is so enthusiastic, and he ends up hitting his own defenders, actually, in the ball. <laughs> He's done that about two or three times, actually. But, um, anyway. We've got to, we've got to love him. We've got you know we've adapted his song, the John Stone song. That's been adapted slightly with another couple of lines added to it. So yeah, is uh, it? I think we all love him. We all love John Stones, and we're much happier when he's fit and playing. Hey, the Barnsley Beckenbauer, the Barnsley Beckenbauer guys. Anyway, um, anything else you want to say about uh, this game, Ray? Before we um, finish off with a few. Um, a few like sarcastic digs at other teams. Well, I'm kind of uh, just jumping on what Bernard said about our corners. They're rubbish, absolutely rubbish, uh, and they've been rubbish for years. You know, we went through a phase where we started scoring a few, but they've been rubbish. Mm-hmm. Some tall blokes at the back, um, and you know, plenty of six footers. You look at other teams and you say, yeah, Liverpool score plenty of goals from uh, corners. You know, Van Dijk gets probably four or five a season. Uh, Matic gets in there. Uh, you've got someone like Madison putting great crosses in. You know, and, and as I said earlier in the, in the show, dead ball situations is very, very good. Um, and it worries you every time he's whipping those balls in. And anything can happen in, in a congested penalty area or congested six yard box with a, with a ball coming in like that. So, you know, we got uh, lucky a few times as well. So there's a couple of ricochets around in our, our box before we, we managed to hike it clear. Um, and I, I, I fail to understand why other teams can do so much better at corners than us, considering we have so much practice. Because we win so many corners, we should be doing so much better. And that's a massive disappointment, you know. And I don't think, but sadly, Pets been here, this is seventh year or whatever, it ain't going to change. If it hasn't changed already, it ain't going to change going forward. Well, we actually had that that guy who that guy who's the uh, specialist uh, when we started scoring a few uh, recent or last season we started scoring a few and he was supposed to be headhunted, wasn't he? But as far as I know, he still he still stayed with us. So I'm a bit disappointed that he's 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 not obviously improving us again this season as he did last season, which is a bit odd for me. I just perhaps he has gone and perhaps we we are. That's why we're struggling again, and I've not heard about it. But I just don't. Perhaps anyone listening to this might know. Uh, I certainly don't know. Yeah, I mean they've got specialist coaches for for people that do throw-ins and uh, and things like that. I, I I remember that was a thing that Liverpool had. But um, yeah, I'm saying it's. I mean that that Tielemans that Tielemans shot. I say it was is out of the city city book from last season. That's what we were doing. Mares was smacking in from there, and KDB I think had one or two. And you know that's what we were doing last season. But all of a sudden we seem to have forgot about doing sort of things like that. All right, guys. Well, it, it, it's time to sort of bring this to to an end. But um, before we do that, are, are we going to talk about more? Mike, well, yeah, I thought you were going to the come. What are you doing there, Ray? Where are you going? <laughs> I'm just wandering around my mum's house at the moment to get a better um, spot for my. Uh, uh, Wi-Fi. Um, I thought you could put the, the Muppet music on, and we're going to talk about Liverpool, the Muppet <laughs> Show. Well, that's of course what, that's what I was setting you up for. Come on. All right, go on then. I thought you were going to do. That. Can you sing? Can you just say? Can you just say before Ray? Before you speak, Ray, just think. Just speak about Liverpool. And I heard we were sort of talking about Alison the other week, and who, who would you rather have? You know, obviously. 
Brazil pick Alisson over Edison. And I did watch the highlights of the game last night against Leeds. And that, that goal, the second goal he let in, I mean, Edison would have been absolutely hung, drawn and quartered for not getting down quick enough. So, you know, we go on about Alisson. But I remember last season he, was, he wasn't that great at times. And I, I don't think he was that great. You know, that, that he should have been better with that. I mean, I don't know what you guys think. But, uh, you know, I'm sick of this Alisson and Edison thing. For me, someone, I think a Liverpool fan who came on, a girl the other day and said, oh, you know, uh, about Edison. I said, look, I'll have Edison, I'd rather have Edison all day rather than Alisson at, at City. It's as simple as that. And it, some people agree, some people laughed, but... Yeah, I, I just I just think he, he is a great goalkeeper. He's great for Brazil, but I, I don't think there's much in it. I think I think it's uh, pretty close between the two. Did you see the goal that won the game, uh, Bernard? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just thought it was a little bit slow getting down to it. And if Edison had done that, you, you know, like he, the other week against Brighton, where he was a bit slow, he, he would have been hung, drawn, and quartered. But there's no, never any comments about Alisson. And say he's never, he wasn't perfect last season. I remember him getting a lot of stick last season, but all of a sudden he's, he's become the world's best again. And I'm not having it to be honest with you. <laughs> I kind of agree with that. Actually, he's just um, he's just too good looking for criticism. And you know. I <laughs> I just thought Ederson would be, you know, when he got his teeth done, you know, um, and Ederson came out with the, the Hollywood teeth, uh, he would uh, benefit a little bit from that as well. But it, but it isn't. But guys, actually, it was just, um, it was funny for me, Ray, because um, um, I, I just woke up this morning and I thought there's no way, there's no way that Liverpool didn't get three points there at Forest. And there it was. What Mike. the heck is going on with those guys? Mike, see, your, your problem is you listen to too, too much of the Anfield crap. I mean, the, the Anfield rap. Oh, I was right the first time, sorry. Um, and, you know, then b- before the game, they were, they were chatting, because you, you've uh, generously shared their videos with us. Uh, so before the game, they were chatting about it. They said, we do not lose this yet. You know, don't worry about it, lads, and all, and all this kind of um, stuff, bigging themselves up and everything. And uh, and then they go ahead and get... <laughs> You know, they were kind of thinking it's like going to be how many, you know, where are I and all that. And I haven't watched the video post game, and that was one I was going to watch. Um, and I'm actually just lift, reading what they've written, and this is before the video, and it's their post match pod. But they put a little excerpt out on on Twitter and they put some comment, and they said you're playing at the highest level and you can't give gifts away. The biggest problem with this team at the minute is that it just keeps on giving gifts away. That's not the biggest problem, okay? You know, they've got more problems than, than just giving gifts away. Um, and whatever it is, they've run out of steam. Matt, losing money was a, has been a big impact. Other players that they've got aren't good enough. Uh, the backup players were really uh, good for them. People like, uh, who, even though they didn't play much, Origi and uh, was it the Japanese kid? Uh, there's lots of problems, but uh, in the usual way, the, uh, I mean, but the great, it is actually, for the last three or four weeks, I've seen so much of a meltdown from Liverpool fans. Their only good game this season was their cup final. They beat Man City twice in two cup finals, as far as they're concerned. And they just cannot raise themselves to play small teams. Against the big teams, they've raised themselves. Fine. Uh, Van Davidozzi, as I said, it's your cup final. Um, but against you know Fulham, they couldn't beat Fulham. Uh, they've got beat by Forrest. They've got beat by now. They got beat by Leeds. They're getting done by teams at the bottom. Their record at the moment, after twelve games this season, is one four, drawn four, lost four. Okay, and if you go back in the annals of history to Mr. Roy Hodgson, after twelve games in charge of Liverpool, he'd won four, drawn four, and lost four. And Liverpool fans were all over him, and he got the boot in uh, early January. He did actually win three games on the bounce, but. Eventually got the boot. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of clamour. I mean, it's, it's obviously, it's, it's noisy fans. You know, so you don't know how many of them are there. There's a lot of fans who've been screaming for Klopp out, uh, FSG out. They hate FSG more than anything. Um, you know, funnily enough, some of them saying, we want owners like Man City and Newcastle who pour money in, uh, not realising that there is this thing called FFP and we don't just pour money in. And uh, I'm going to give a quick plug if you want to see some of the finance series that I've been doing with Colin Savage on uh, City Fan TV on our YouTube channel. 
Um, so we, I've just got one. Uh, we've done one so far on ownership, talking about Man City's owners and Newcastle, Newcastle owners and American owners uh, and stuff like that. And we, we've uh, just about to put one out today on the European Super League and our thoughts about that, because we don't think it's going to go away. It's, it's in, it feels inevitable. It's just a matter of time, um, especially when you've got a lot of American owners. Uh, and, and European clubs who are, uh, you know, going to the wall almost, and um, who can't compete. Uh, and so, yeah, go, go and check that stuff out because I think that stuff is um, very, very useful to to see what the differences are and why Liverpool. One of the reasons Liverpool are struggling or struggling to buy the right players is, and some of it comes down to recruitment as well. You know, my final point on this for the time being is, City recruit fantastically well. The, you know, if you look at Apart from the first summer of Pep, I'm going to give him a bye for that one. After that, we've not made mistakes in recruitment. You know, Grealish is the only one that's kind of sticking out at the moment. Everything else we've done in recruitment with the players we've got, they fitted in. You know, we've, we've discussed this before, haven't we, guys? Where, you know, Gomez is coming along, Akanji's come along. It's cost us about 25, 27 million quid for the pair of them. And they just fit in almost seamlessly. Um, we've not spent too much money, you know, our, our limits has been 60 million in the past and the guys have worked. Even someone who didn't stay too long for Antares, he said about 18 months, we made about a 30 million profit on this kid. So we've done really, really well and you know, people don't realise uh, how good it is at City, how Pep, you know, wouldn't dream really of going anywhere else because someone asked me this question yesterday about Pep and I, and I said, Managing a national team isn't the same as managing a club. Pep is so much into football. He needs to be managing a club. He needs to be managing club football. But he won't go back to Spain. He won't go anywhere in England. He won't go back to Germany. He needs a club that can match his ambitions and have got the pockets to do that. No one's left, really, this PSG. But no one's left who's got the deep enough pockets to match Pep's ambitious and give him the infrastructure he, he needs. He's got everything at City uh, and there's just no way. It's seven years. There's no way he's going anywhere. You know, no one's going to be uh, pulling him. and it's, No one can pull him away for money. Someone says Pep will give you 100 million a year. I, I, don't, I still don't see him going because what's the point? He's, I don't know what he's on. It must be on a, whatever, 20 million a year. What's the difference between 20 and 100? It's not going to make a difference to his life, really. Uh, you want to be happy. You know, you want to be happy um, and he's got enough money to, to keep that side of things going and be happy there. And he's got enough going on at City uh, to be happy. So uh, City fans, Blues, you heard it here. Pep's going to stay. He's not like Aguero. He's not like Aguero. Pep will stay till we win the Champions League. You mark my words. Uh, over to Bernard. Bernard, uh, Chelsea took a surprising tonking. Um, <laughs> uh, Brighton. I mean, well, what on earth was going on there? Oh, Mr. Potter. I do. I do feel sorry. I do feel sorry for Mr. Potter. But uh, yeah, well, we saw how good Brighton were last week, didn't we, guys? Let, let's be honest about it. They, you know, they had, uh, apart from in the getting the ball in the old onion bag, uh, they probably outplayed us for for uh, big parts of that game. So yeah, it, it was on the cards. Uh, it was nearly a perfect storm, wasn't it? With um, Spurs going a couple of goals behind to Bournemouth as well, but unfortunately they managed to turn that round. But uh, I just feel sorry for Mr. Potter. Actually, I, don't, I, don't, I can't really revel in Chelsea's defeat because I do like uh, I do like Potter. So I was a bit a bit sorry for him. But hey, that, that's football, isn't it? And uh, <laughs> all all well and good. All all's well that ends well for Brighton. They'll, they'll enjoy that anyway. So many wonderful. Opportunities for headlines like Mr. Potter can't his magic wand cannot work and all the rest of it. <laughs> I'm just gonna uh, I'm just gonna very quickly refer to something that Ray said uh, on the last pod. I'm looking at the league table, guys, and what is a little bit depressing is the fact that no no matter how good we have been, and that was certainly a championship winning performance against uh, at Leicester. And despite our humongous goal difference, which is like double anybody else's in the league, you've still got these clingers on. You've got Arsenal um, a point behind, uh, Tottenham only three points behind, although they've played a game more. And I think you could possibly go down as far as Newcastle 
They they've played a game more and they're five points behind. We haven't just we haven't just put the distance between us and our rivals, Ray, at the moment. I mean, even Man United are eight, um, they're what um, they're eight nine points behind us, but yeah. they've got a game in hand. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah, it is an um, frustrating, isn't it? It's it is exasper- exasperating a little bit, you know. It's that Liverpool game, and to be honest, that was the one. I think that was the one that would have put the distance between us and everybody else, put that marker down again, and left Liverpool in the wilderness. I mean, Liverpool, uh, was it five points off top four? Or no, eight points off top four and five points off the bottom three or something. I mean, or wherever it is. They'd have been so much closer to, to the bottom three if we beat them. And they, they are probably at the, champ, uh, the championship race now, but it would have been either further back. It would have been even harder for them to get Champions League. And that's something we should you know, have in the back of our minds. Or, or probably don't need to because we're, you know, they're not in the title race. But if Liverpool don't make Champions League, that hits them hard. You know, that could be 30, 40 million quid out of pocket. If you don't make, get European football, that's huge. Because uh, one of the chats I did with Colin, we were saying Liverpool are probably getting at least 120 million every season from Champions League broadcast rights and prize money. And then you've got all the games as well, you know, all the big games at Anfield, you know, and especially with all the redevelopment, if you've got 60,000 fans there, that's probably pulling in four or five million quid if they're charging top whack. So you lose those games, you know, you drop into the Europa League. It's not as enticing. You can't charge as much money. You start losing a bit there. And then it makes it harder to attract players if you're not in the Champions League. It makes it... So you have to go back to the stage of overpaying for players, overpaying for their wages to to attract them over. And then if it, if it goes wrong, you've got somebody on huge wages uh, that on a long contract that might not want to leave. You saw how difficult and how long it took Klopp to get Liverpool to challenge. It took him three or four seasons to get them really, really up there. Um, and you have a season or two outside the Champions League, that's going to be a huge problem. And Newcastle getting into the mix, if they get the Champions League spot and City get a spot, you've got United, Liverpool, Chelsea, and, and the North London bums in uh, Arsenal and Spurs fighting for two spots. Someone's going to get really badly burnt. Um, and, you know, if it, it, I don't care who it is, you know, I'd like it to be Liverpool and United at those. It, it's great that it's fantastic that they're lost. I just wish, like you said, Mike, we could be that, that those extra three points would be miles clearer and everybody would, the, the bookies would be paying out already. The bookies would be paying out. All right, lads. Well, I'm just uh, conscious about, you know, how much uh, uh, time Ray has left on his phone. But, um, a uh, couple of couple of, uh, couple of games later, let's have uh, your predictions, Bernard. First one, Arsenal against Forest. What do you reckon? I, I can't see past an Arsenal win, but in this day and age, we don't know, do we? We're just we're all expecting Arsenal to explode and implode, if you like. Sorry, not explode, implode. Uh, yeah, but I can't. I can't. Forest did very well last week, but I, I can't see him doing anything at uh, the the Emirates. That's for sure. Uh, today so I expect Arsenal to go back to the top if they don't fantastic if they get a draw or whatever then we'll we'll be top again but uh, yeah I expect an Arsenal win there okay just uh, holding you there uh, Bernard for one more and then we'll go to Ray to finish off Man United against West Ham yeah a bit of a bogey team aren't they I think uh, West Ham the United or they have been over the years but apparently according to Pep the back aren't they uh, United are back and uh, Looking dangerous, so we all know Pep knows what he's talking about, as we we agree on this uh, podcast many times. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if Pep says United are back, then who, who am I to disagree? I'm sure they'll uh, they'll get the better of the old uh, bubble blowers today. Oh, my gosh, Pep. He's my manager, of course, but he comes out with some crap. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ray, what about those two games? Arsenal Forest, United West Ham a little bit later on. What do you reckon? Yeah. Well, Bernard's right. You can't see uh, past Arsenal uh, against Forest, really. Um, although Forest, look, have they turned the corner? I mean, was that a lucky win against Liverpool? Yeah, they were lucky. But they're defensively slightly, they've been better. So, uh, you know, let's hope for another defensive masterclass um, 
from them. And United against West Ham, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it would make an almost perfect weekend if United get dumped over uh, by by West Ham. Uh, you know, I tell you what, I'll, I'll be blowing bubbles tonight. I tell you, if, if uh, West Ham beat United at, uh, at, uh, at the toilet Old Trafford, so it would, you know, as I said, it would be a fantastic weekend if that happened. Um, two draws, yeah, I'd be happy with that. Two draws, or um, you know, the, the big clubs losing, it'd, it'd be perfect. But you know, destiny is in our own hands, and that's why I like it to be. What's next for City, Bernard? Well, yeah, a bit of a dead rubber. Um, got Sevilla, of course, Wednesday evening. Uh, I think Sevilla are guaranteed third spot, aren't they? So I don't think there's anything on it for them either. I don't think. I think I'm right in saying that. So, uh, yeah, uh, I expect Pep to play a young team and just include Lewis and Wilson Esbrand and all the old stages. <laughs> Although, obviously, Ortega will get a game, but... Uh, I want Carson to play number nine, actually, just to give him a go as well. But I don't, I don't think Pep will uh, disre- disrespect Sevilla like that. But, uh, There's more chance yeah, of Frank should, should. Carson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Frank Carson coming back. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, so, I believe Palmer's injured, isn't he? Palmer would probably start that game, but I know he's picked an injury up. I don't know if he'll be OK. But I expect Lewis to get a game and Wilson Esbrand and then... Just some of the guys on the bench from from uh, yesterday, but uh, yeah, I'm not expecting too much, too great a game. But when I see Alvarez get a chance again, because obviously I think he's you know based on yesterday's game, I think he, he needs another 90 minutes, and hopefully he can have a good game. And because I think it might have took his, his confidence might have took a bit of a knock yesterday. I know he's a young lad and everything. I, I think that might have affected him slightly. Uh, it'd be great to see him play against Sevilla and get two or three goals. That that'd be absolutely fantastic. So, but as I said, it, it's a meaningless game. But yeah, they never never meaningless. There's always always uses, isn't there? There's always always certain line. certain it's players money. certain players will enjoy it. Money's on sorry, the line. Mate, go on. Sorry, mate. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's on the line. That, that Mares penalty miss cost City 1.9 million euros. That's the difference between right. a draw and a win. I think it's something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so those. Two draws against uh, uh, Dortmund, I think it's cost City the best part of four million euros. Now you might say, nah, it's, it's nothing right. that it makes no difference. Four million euros is let's 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 just for, for ease of working out, let's say it's about three and a half million quid. It's paying somebody seventy grand a week. It's the wages of a new player. It might you know it might in the, in the overall scheme of things it's not that much, but it's the wages of a new player. And if you can consistently get that, it's, it helps you just a little bit with FFP. Just that little bit makes a difference, um, you know, and, and balancing your books. And, you know, um, that's why we need to go deep in these competitions. But it's also why you've got to be winning every game you can, every single game you can. Uh, the finance men love it. You know, Pep might say, I'm not that full star, but he's still on a footballing level, wants to win every game. But that's why it's important uh, to be ser- to take this game seriously. Besides giving, on a, on a football level, to give the youngsters an opportunity. But, on a club level, you've got to still try and win these games. All right, guys. I, I, I think I think that's going to do us uh, because we're over the uh, hour mark, uh, 67 minutes. So uh, a few final thoughts and then uh, we'll be done. So over to uh, Bernard. Final thoughts, Bernard. Yeah, I'm just going to give uh, Bubbles a ring and tell him to watch out for Ray later on because apparently he's got to do something that he mentioned earlier. But, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'll do that. I look forward to uh, Sevilla and four home games on the trot now. We've got get, get our fix of them before the uh, World Cup kicks off. So um, four Who home games, that'll be nice. Who we play next Sorry, weekend? Ray? Who we play next weekend? Fulham. Fulham on Saturday, isn't it? Fulham. Fulham yeah. at home. So... So, uh, yeah, I look forward to these four home games and uh, then Chelsea the week after, isn't it? And then Brentford, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, look forward to uh, beating the old Cockneys and uh, tearing Cockneys apart again. <laughs> and final thoughts from uh, Ray and uh, his views on uh, on my chances of uh, equaling his 2,000-metre rowing record. Right, that's not my record. That's just what I'm doing as a 54-year-old, Mike. My my 2,000 meter record. I, I did eight minutes 15. I, I'll be honest. I I was you know you know really really struggling. But Mike put up, up a time, and I thought, well, I've got to beat him. Which, <laughs> well, I, look, I, you know, with all due respect, I, I could have beat him with my eyes closed. Um, <laughs> but 
so competitive. You're so competitive. It's not right. Not right. But a bit too much two and a half minutes. I've only just started. You've been at this for yeah. years, but I'll catch you up. Don't you worry. You'll, you'll, look, it's, it's about consistency. You know, it's if you can stay uh, consistent over the the six months. Uh, your times will uh, tumble, absolutely tumble down. Um, you know, I, 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 I will give you a target by the end of the season to get a two-minute roll by. I, I think you'll do that in under nine minutes. If you, but you've got to be consistent. You know, you can't be like Liverpool, win, lose or draw. It could be all the same. You've got to be, you've got to be a Rolls Royce like City. You've got to purr. Uh, and I think you can a uh, sub nine minutes. I think that's a that's a, a, a reasonable target. It's something that you can aim for. Uh, but you never catch me, you know. I mean, look, even in the six foot box, uh, I'll still be faster than you. <laughs> well, challenge accepted, guys. Challenge accepted. Anyway, let's stop here, guys. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, we'll be back with you after the next game, and we'll finish off in the normal way by saying, "Have one on us and up those blues." Up the, the blues. blues.